let's uh, worship this morning. If you would, stand to your feet. We're going to sing nothing but the blood.
Everybody say hallelujah. We're raising that hallelujah today. If you would, this morning, put a smile on your face. Look around, tell somebody you sure do look good this morning. And just fellowship for a little bit if you would, all right? If you would, you can find your place and you can go ahead and be seated. Uh, we've got some announcements. Uh, Brother Martin is going to come and give us our announcement. Give Brother Martin a big hand if you would. All right. Thank you for being here. I hope you survived uh, your week. Uh, I know we've had limbs down, ice all over the place. We lost Wi-Fi. Oh, that is tough. We are going to be in trouble if we lose Wi-Fi for a long, extended period of time. Some of you in Netflix, uh, well, some of us. I'm sorry, I'm going to include myself. All right, so uh, thank you for being here. Uh, do we have any first-time visitors here this morning? If you are, raise your hand. Um, we're going to get you a little visitor's card. Just drop it out. Drop it out on the w We already got him, Brother Gary. Drop it in the basket all on the way out. Um, also, uh, just uh, got news this morning, Bill and Wanda Jeffries, uh, some of you that have been here, you know, they were pretty regulars, and they're uh, kind of up there in age, so they were not coming as much anymore, but Bill and Wanda Jeffries, Bill passed away uh, a couple nights ago, so keep Miss Wanda up in prayer. Uh, Miss Vera, if you'll let us know about what may be going on or whatever, then maybe we can put a group together to be able to go, go visit them or... Uh, do something for Miss Wanda. So um, we do have full Wednesday morning or Wednesday schedule. Uh, Wednesday mornings we have Bible study in the fellowship hall from 10 to 11. Uh, also Wednesday night we have full services. 6 p.m. we have a dinner. Uh, then at 7 we have something for the little kids, the bigger kids, and then the older kids. Because uh, sometimes they all have the same problems. The age is just different. So they're all kids. Um, also, we have Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, and I'm just going to go ahead and let you know that if you're not coming to my Sunday school class with the adults, you're missing out because uh, we were ready to charge hell with a squirt gun this morning. <laughs> so, uh, also need help for teachers and helpers to help with the little children and toddlers uh, for Sunday morning, Wednesday nights. See Miss Cindy, wherever, she's right here, she's waving, uh, if you can help with that. Uh, giving can be done at uh, giving.landmarktyler.com. Uh, you do not have to have a PayPal to set it up now. Um, you can just go on there and give or do it the old way with a check or cash money is always good. Uh, volunteers. We do need volunteers on the cleaning team. 
if you can see Miss Kate, which sits back here, um, we have lots of people that are dedicated week in, week out. When they feel like it, don't feel like it, they come up here and they vacuum and make everything smell fabuloso, uh, make it smell great so we have a great uh, place to be able to worship. Also, we have our true pajama party at New Life Worship coming up. It is going to be March the 25th. This is for young ladies from kindergarten through 12th grade. It can be your you, your mom, your grandmother. Uh, Miss Cindy is the one that is kind of heading that up. There is a sign-up sheet back here on the table, uh, and that is for young ladies. Um, and also, we will have life recovery class here today at 1 p.m., so if you've been coming to that, just keep on, or we'll be here today. So other than that, let's praise our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Give Brother Martin a big hand if you would. Hey, we have a young lady that turned uh, 20 years old today, and I wanted to embarrass her today. Looks like I have succeeded. Amen. Miss Natalie Tant, she's wearing her birthday crown today even. Amen. Let's sing happy birthday to Miss Natalie. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Natalie, happy birthday to you. Woo. <laughs> oh, she'll get me later, so, <laughs> amen. Uh, oh, and by the way, it was my birthday, I guess we can do this now. It was my birthday last week, Natalie, and I wasn't embarrassed at all. I let everybody know, so you get more presents that way. Amen. So somebody brought me a, pre a late present today, and they said, open it up, uh, you know, in front of everybody, which makes me worry uh, because uh, it can be embarrassing, but it's not embarrassing. Look at that. All right. We got game night coming up because it is, I can already see it. Y'all can't. Bibleopoly. Amen. <laughs> uh, so we'll have a game night. We'll play some Bibleopoly. Thank you all very much for that. Amen. Well, Miss uh, Tracy is going to sing a song for us this morning, and uh, she's going to sing uh, Cry Out to Jesus. Amen. So uh, give Miss Tracy a big hand if you would.
They've lost all of their faith and love And they've done all they can to make it right again Still it's not enough For the ones who can't break the addictions and chains You try to give up but you come back again Just remember that you're not alone in your shame suffering. There is hope for the helpless, rest for the weary, and love for the broken heart. There is grace and forgiveness, mercy and healing, they'll meet you wherever you
that bridge again? That's my favorite part of this song. There's power that can break off every chain that's holding you. There's power that can empty out a grave. There's resurrection power that can save. There's power in your name. Power in your name, Jesus. Let's sing that. Oh, there's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. time you would you may be seated you've got children who uh, would like to go to children's church they can meet miss cindy over there at the uh, the door if you would and uh, let's give our children's workers and our children a big hand if you would always a great job wonderful hey pray for many people we just have a ton of uh, sickness going on right now and just uh, everything from people having surgeries to uh there's a bunch of brothers running around. I think one's called COVID, one's called strep, one's called flu. Uh, there's a bunch of those brothers running around. People have a lot going on right now and a lot of sickness. My phone started dinging around 6 a.m. this morning. Uh, not going to be there. Please pray for me and just different things. So please pray for, uh, for all those folks that are struggling, all right? Uh, I've been talking to you uh, last month about just... Uh, uh, a new year, kind of turning over a new leaf. I talked about some dirty words. Uh, 
you didn't know you'd get dirty words in church, but yeah, these are dirty words. Uh, I talked about, anybody remember what they were? Uh, commitment, consistency, and faithfulness. And uh, those are dirty words. People don't want to commit, people don't want to be consistent, and people don't want to be faithful these days. Uh, but uh, we finished that up last week. And I wanted to talk to you this month, uh, you know, when I'm searching for things to, uh, to preach about, and many times it comes out of what I'm struggling in or, or kind of in my own story. And so uh, I'd heard some people make some comments over the last few weeks, and I thought, well, that's probably a good thing to go ahead and uh, approach for this month. So this month I'm going to be talking about things that say uh, God never said. Uh, because there, in our culture today, there's a lot of theology. People kind of come up with their own theology, uh, and they create a, their own theology uh, about the things that surely this is what God wants. And we're going to approach several different things, but the one we're going to talk about today is one of the ones I hear the most. Well, surely God wants me to be happy. God never said that he wants you happy. Uh, now, does, does that mean we're not ever going to be happy? No, of course, God loves for you to be happy because he's a good father and he loves you, his children, right? But guess what? I'm going to appeal to the parents. Parents, is it more important for your kids to be happy or more important for your kids to grow up and know how to be a good human being and be a, a good godly young man and a good godly young woman? Your, your goal is to raise those kids to be responsible and to be adults it's our job to shape them and mold them into being good, good people and good adults. And that means sometimes going against their happiness. Uh, but we have come up with in this culture today that, uh, well, God wants me to be happy. And so, therefore, we, we kind of layer that over into God's will. Well, anytime I'm searching for God's will, I'm looking for happiness in there. Because surely God wants me to be happy. And that is, not, that, that is what our flesh wants. That's not what God wants. Jesus came, and he had to do some things that did not make him happy. Do you remember right before Jesus went to the cross, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he knows what's coming. And he says, Father, if there be any way, let this cup pass from me. In other words, there's any other way to do this, Lord, let it happen. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And so Jesus put aside his own comfort and put aside his own happiness because he knew that the will of the Lord needed to be accomplished. This was the only way for the sins of all mankind to be paid for. So guess what? God never said that everything's going to be happy. Now, yes, there are periods where you will be happy. God loves to make you happy. In the same way as a father, it gave me great joy to make my kids happy. It gave me great joy to see my kids smile and to laugh. But that was not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal was to raise them and see them be good, godly young men and good, godly young women and to be responsible adults. And once they got to that point, and I can proudly say all of my kids are good adults, gainfully employed and doing well. Amen. I don't have to pay their bills anymore. And that's a big one, parents. Amen. Uh, they don't live in my house and I don't pay their bills anymore. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, so that's, that's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to teach them. Uh, sometimes when you just make them happy, you're not teaching them anything. That can even slide over into what we call enabling. Well, I want my kids to be happy, so I don't want them to suffer, so I'm going to bail them out of every situation, and that will make them happy. It may make them happy, but it's not going to help them, right? So ultimately, the goal is not about happiness. That's your flesh talking. Your flesh wants everything to be happy, all right? 
So God didn't promise happiness, but he did promise joy. What's the difference between joy and happiness? Joy comes from the Lord. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. All right? Happiness is totally based on my circumstances. I'm happy if I'm in a good mood today. I'm happy if you treated me right yesterday. I'm happy with my wife. She's over there. If she was nice to me today and did everything that I wanted her to do and uh, acted just the way I wanted her to act. And, uh, you know, it can be totally based upon all of those circumstances. But uh, happiness is very much based upon your emotions. It's, uh, it's very much based upon, do I feel good today? Guess what? Sometimes God has a purpose when you wake up in the morning and you're having a rough day. Some days when you're not feeling it and when it's a bad day, uh, sometimes the Lord is trying to teach you something. So there's purpose even in the pain, all right? And we have to understand that God is not near as concerned with our comfort and our happiness as we are. Uh, God wants, God has a purpose and a plan. And one of the main purposes in your life and my life, if you call yourself a Christian, is not that you be glorified, but what? That God be glorified. God created us all with a purpose, and it really has nothing to do with you. It has to do, is God being glorified in your life? Okay? So, um, God promises joy, but not happiness. Uh, our modern culture, uh, if you look at music, it's all about being happy. It's a lot of love songs out there. Uh, and it's either a great song and it's happy, or it's somebody broke my heart and, uh, you know, I'm going to drown my sorrows in my beer. Amen? There's a song by Pharrell. Anybody know the song? Because I'm happy. Amen? There's a line in the song, in the Pharrell song, that says, Clap along if you feel like a room without a roof. Clap along if you feel that happiness is a truth. Amen. That's a good song. Amen. And I hear that song on the radio sometimes, and it makes me happy. Amen. It's got a good beat. It's good. All right. And there's nothing wrong with being happy. And happiness is a truth, but happiness is not always the truth. And sometimes you're going to wake up, and some days are going to be bad. Some days everything's not going to go your way. Some days you're going to get up, and the tire's going to be flat on the car and that's what you got to spend your first part of the day doing. Sometimes you're going to get up and everything, as soon as your feet hit the floor, everything seems to go wrong, right? And that's just the way it is. So, But you have to decide, is that going to ruin my day or am I going to set my mind right and say, you know what, Lord, my circumstances aren't great today, but I choose to have a good day today. That's called living in the joy of the Lord. Happiness is based on the circumstances, but you can have joy even without the, the happiness. So let's look at the theology of happiness, all right? And again, here's what happens. People create their own theology. The theology of happiness, number one, says whatever makes me happy must be right, and whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong. We've all been there. We've all felt that way. When we're seeking God's will, uh, let's say you're, trying, you're looking for a new job, and there's three jobs, and this job over here, Pays better than any of them, has more prestige. Hey, that looks like, I think God's will may be in that. Amen? That has, that's looking at it completely from the flesh point of view. This one over here doesn't pay near as much, doesn't have near as prestige to it, but I feel drawn towards this one for some reason. 
I feel like this door is opening. This door is kind of closing, and I'm having to beat this door down, and this door just seems to be swinging wide open. You see, even when we're looking for the Lord's will, we stick our happiness in there, don't we? We stick our comfort. When you're looking for the Lord's will, it doesn't necessarily have to do with all the stuff, the money, or even the prestige. God may have somebody over here at this other one that you don't really, doesn't look as good, but there's a person over there that God needs you to minister to. And it, it may even be just a short season. Maybe you're only going to work there for a year, but God wants you there to reach that one person that's working there. Because you, you see as a mature Christian your job, not just as your job and your paycheck, you see your job as a mission field. And that makes all the difference in the world. So, again, a lot of it is up here, all right? I'm going to live in the joy of the Lord. Uh, whatever makes me happy must be right, not necessarily. Whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong, not necessarily, okay? Number two, discomfort, this one's going to hurt, discomfort, delay, risk, suffering, inconveniences, and obstacles cannot possibly be God's will, right? We don't like those things, do we? How many of you here love when God says, wait? <laughs> How many of you here love it when God says, you know what? Uh, that's going to happen, but it's going to be a year down the road, and you've got to keep doing what you're doing and wait a whole nother year. We don't like those things, do we? We don't like the delay. We don't like the risk. We don't like the suffering. We don't like the inconvenience. We don't like the obstacles. But what happens when the obstacles happen? When you run the hurdles, you better learn how to hurdle. Amen? If you don't learn to jump those hurdles, you're going to fail running the hurdles. All right? So we have to learn how to get over the obstacles. How do you learn? How does a hurdler run, learn to run over the hurdles? He has to practice, and he has to knock them down, and he has to fall down and hurt himself time and time and time again. My middle son for a while, Joshua, not real extremely coordinated, he decided he wanted to be a skateboarder for a while. What happens to get good at skateboard? You have to fall. To learn those tricks, you have to fall. And he kept falling and falling and falling, and he finally broke his wrist. And uh, he decided, I don't know that this is worth it, and I don't really know that I'm really a great skateboarder. And so skateboarding kind of went to the side, all right? But we've got to understand the obstacles are there to make you stronger sometimes. The only way you learn in life sometimes. We've said this before. I've learned a whole lot more from my failures than I have from my successes because God teaches you what not to do. Listen, I'm, I just turned 60, and at 60, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't tell you a whole lot of things to do, right? I can tell you a ton of things not to do, though, right? Because in my 60 years, I've messed up a lot of it. I've made the wrong decision hundreds of times. So I can tell you a whole lot more about what I've learned what not to do because that's etched in my memory than I can about this is the way you do this right, okay? So we learn a lot more, all right? Number three thing in the theory of theology of happiness is this. Without knowing it, I begin to worship the false gods of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. Now listen, we've all heard this before, and I know it's kind of a cliche, but you're not taking any of it with you. 
when you die, the day after you die, somebody else is going to take control of whatever money you have in the bank. Somebody else will take control of your house. Somebody else will get the keys to your car. Somebody else will take over at your job. And the very next day, people will mourn you, but life will go on. And you will not take any of it with you. There's no bank bag that you're going to be taking behind the hearse. There is no U-Haul behind the hearse. You will not take any of this with you. But yet we waste so much of our time and our energy accumulating and making important these things. Comfort, money, pleasure. Can I tell you, I know it's an old song, but it's so true. This world is not my home. If you're a Christian, this world is not in your home. The Bible speaks very clearly about laying up for yourself treasures in heaven because those things will not pass away and will not rust and deteriorate. These things here will. And the day you die, you're leaving them all behind. Can I tell you this? If you've accumulated a big savings and you're just waiting and you don't want to spend that because you want your kids to enjoy it, can I tell you this? Your kids are probably going to waste all that money. I'm just going to be honest with you. Amen. They're going to blow it on their comfort, their pleasure, and their things. Amen. <laughs> yeah, don't tell them. Don't tell them that. Amen. Yeah. But it's true, isn't it? So all of this time that we spent, I know people that are 90 years old and have a million dollars in the bank. And I want to say, what are you waiting on? They've they don't ever take a vacation. They don't ever spend anything extra. Well, I, I just I might need it later. Well, my Lord, you're 90. What are you waiting on? Amen. You might make it to 100, but I'd go ahead and spend some of it. Because somebody's going to come in and somebody's probably going to take that million dollars and blow it all after you're gone. Amen? So we waste a ton of uh, time and money and things on this. All right? Uh, I want to be happy. Here's an attitude. God exists to serve me. Now, we don't say that. Nobody here would say that. But it's not in what you say. It's what do your actions say. And sometimes, many times, we live our lives as if God's existing to serve me. What is your prayer life like? I'm guilty of it. Lord, I need this. I need this. I need this. I need happiness. I want this comfort. Uh, Lord, I want to move up at my job. I, this job is open here at my work. I want that one. I want this. I want that. I want that. Lord, I want you to bless my kids. I want them to get everything that they want. I want everything I want. I want all my family to be happy. Take away all of our sickness. Take away all of our pain. Me, 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 me. Many times that's what my prayer life is like. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you. This is the preacher talking. So I know if the preacher says it, probably the rest of us say it. Many times I'm praying, I don't even think about y'all. It's true. Many times I get to praying, and it's all about me. I ain't even thinking about y'all. And then sometimes the Holy Spirit convicts me and says, you know what? Brother Greg over here, he's, he's fixing to have neck surgery. Amen. You better pray for him. You better pray for everything to go smooth and this, that, and the other. And this one over here needs this. This one over here needs a job. This one over here, uh, they're, they're sick, and they've been sick for weeks, and they need help. And when I begin to get my mind and my eyes off myself, it's like my whole world opens up. When I get it off of me and I get the spotlight off of me, all of a sudden my problems don't seem near as bad. Because I know, if I know my brother over here is suffering with cancer, 
then my little problem about my job or wanting to make $100 more a week don't seem near as important as this guy over here fighting for his life. Correct? Right? So I need to get my eyes off of myself. It is not about me. The universe, bad news, everybody, the universe does not revolve around you. The universe does not revolve around me. God sets himself up to be glorified, and everything revolves around him. Amen? All right. If God wants me happy and I'm not happy, what is the problem with that? If, if you set yourself up to say, well, God wants me happy, then as long as you're happy, you say, God, good job. You're doing a good job, God. Keep it up. And you're happy with God. But what happens the minute you're not happy? What happens the minute some trouble comes in your life? What happens the minute you get sick? What happens the minute you lose your job? Sorry, God, you ain't, you ain't doing your job. You are not doing your job, and so I got nothing to say to you. Our relationship becomes completely based on what I can do for you. Here's a sad fact. Let me put it in this terminology. Many of you parents, when do your kids stop calling you? When they don't need nothing. Hello? Anybody home? Amen. We treat God the exact same way. God, you, you stand by. And we, we, we move close. Oh, God, I love you. Everything is so good right now. God, I'm so happy. My job is good. My marriage is good. God, I'm so happy. I love you, God. And then a week later, God, I lost my job. My wife ain't acting right. God, I'm mad at you. And I ain't talking to you. And I ain't going to talk to you until something bad happens enough that I need you again. And then I'll come crawling back again. Many times, here's a sad fact, many of us only talk to God when we really are in trouble. You can't treat God like that. If you want to live for him, live for him. If you want to live for yourself, live for yourself, but make a choice. Do one or the other. Amen? All right. Um, many might say, I've tried religion, I've tried church. Didn't work. Can I tell you this? Again, you may think you've tried it, but you ain't doing it the right way. To be committed to Christ is to be committed like being married to him. That's why it's compared to marriage. For better or, for richer or, in sickness and in, I'm committed to you. Are you committed to the Lord? Or is God a God of convenience when I need him? All right? Uh, listen, your happiness isn't the highest priority to God. But he does delight in your happiness in the same way a parent delights in the happiness of his child. But here's what I want you to understand. God doesn't want you to pursue happiness. He wants you to pursue him. You hear that? Everybody take a picture of that or write it down or memorize it. This is very important. This is the whole key of everything I'm saying this morning. God does not want you to pursue happiness. He wants you to pursue him in a relationship with him. Because it is not about religion. You are very true if you say, I've tried religion and it didn't work. Because religion will not work. But a relationship with Jesus Christ will work. And when you stop pursuing happiness, and this is the problem with most, even most Christians. They say they're pursuing him, but they're not. They're really pursuing my comfort, my peace, what I want. But are we really pursuing him? Okay? All right. A um, couple things we'll go over and then we're done. I can flip the page here. Um, 
God doesn't want you happy, dot, dot, dot. God doesn't want you happy, one, when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise. And I put a, a side note here, sinful or stupid. Anybody here ever done anything sinful or stupid? <laughs> we could spend a whole day on that, couldn't we, amen? All the sinful and stupid things. Uh, but what happens? Can I tell you this? Sin is fun for a while. Sin feels good for a while. Amen. Uh, sin will give you happiness for a while. It appeals to it's all sin is all about the flesh. So, yes, it is. It is exactly what you want to make you happy because it pleases the flesh. All right. And there's a scripture for each one of these. Uh, the first one is First Peter 1, 13 through 16. And it says this, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Now, here's where this whole message came from. Brother Mark, I'm not happy in my marriage. My spouse ain't acting right. I'm not happy. They're not happy. So God must be okay with the divorce. Could you scripture and verse that one for me? I don't find that one. All right. Uh, again, we just said those vows. Rich or poor, sickness, health. Better or worse? Let me key in on the better or worse. Sometimes that has everything to do with your spouse. Sometimes they're going to be the better version of themselves. Sometimes they're going to be the worst version of themselves. And you don't, in your marriage vows, you don't say, uh, I will be married to you until you act like a jerk and uh, you are the worst version of yourself. Anybody here ever been the worst version of themselves? About every other day right here, Amen. You are the worst version of yourself. Some days you wake up, you do really, really good, and you are the best version of yourself. But probably more days than not, you are the worst version of yourself. And happiness has nothing to do with your marriage or your commitment to it. Um, here's one's real close to home. Brother Mark, I want to lose weight, but I sure do love cake. <laughs> Amen. I want to lose weight, but I want to eat cake. Sure you do, amen? But does it work? No. Uh, but Mark, I don't like my job. I know I got three kids at home, and I know I got bills mounting up, but my boss makes me mad. My boss is a jerk. So I'm just I'm going to go in tomorrow, and I'm going to go in guns a-blazing. You ever been there? I'm going to tell everybody at that job exactly what I think of them. And I'm going to go in there like a postal man, amen, going crazy. <laughs> Can I tell you this? Stupid, stupid, stupid. I don't care if it's flipping burgers down at McDonald's. Here is a basic lesson. Let me be your daddy for you. And I said all this to my own kids. Don't you ever be stupid enough to go in and burn a bridge. Because one day you may have to humble yourself and crawl back over that bridge again. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Amen? You don't quit that job 
until you've got another one. And when you quit it, you quit it as humbly and gracefully as you can. Amen? Be wise. Don't be stupid. But, Brother Mark, it'd be so much fun for me to just go in and tell everybody what I think of them. Sure it would. But it's going to be stupid. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Amen? All right. Brother Mark, me and my girlfriend, we've been dating. And uh, I think we're going to get married one day. And we love each other. There's the key word right there. But, Brother Mark, we love each other. I know what the Bible says about premarital sex, but we love each other. So you got to know God's okay with it because we love each other. Uh, no. Scripture and verse that one for me. You can't. Amen. It has been reserved for a very special bond. Sex is not wrong. Sex is just right in the parameters that God created it for. Amen. It's beautiful. He created it to be beautiful. But when you involve it outside of God's parameters, it will hurt you and it will cause pain and it will take you to places you don't ever want to go. It will make you a mom at 16, 15, 14 years old. It will make you get into a marriage. Maybe you really weren't prepared to be married, but now you feel like you're trapped and you don't have any choice. When you take it outside of God's parameters, you're asking for trouble. Because God will take his hand off of it. Amen. This is hard preaching, but this is, this is good preaching. Because you must have to understand this. All right, It has got to be within God's parameters. And God understands it, but he don't understand it like you think he understands it. He understands that the flesh wants what the flesh wants. Amen. All right. Uh, let me do just another thing. Um, Brother Mark, this is the hardest one. I know people that have gotten saved and they give up alcohol they give up drugs they give up everything but they still can't control that mouth they use profanity and what do i hear most of the time brother mark that's just the way everybody talks mm -hmm. no it's not is that the way a lot of people choose to talk yes but that's not just the way everybody talks. Well, I go to the movies and everybody talks that way. Well, yeah, yeah. But that don't mean that's the way everybody talks. It's whatever you choose to do. It's whatever you choose to do. Again, but Brother Mark, God understands. God understands because everybody does it or everybody talks it. No, that is not an excuse. Everybody does it is not an excuse. I appeal to the parents again. How many times should kids say that? Well, my friends get to do that. What was your response? I don't care. I ain't raising those kids. I'm raising you. Amen. I don't care what everybody, I don't care what Susie Q's parents do. Amen. You're going to do what I've told you to do because I'm your parent. All right. That's a whole nother sermon right there again. Amen. Number two, God doesn't want you happy. Number two, when it is only based on the things of this world. Again, money, stuff, all right? I'd be happy if I had a new car. Sure you would, till the first payment comes. <laughs> I would be happy if I had a new house that was twice as big. Sure you would, till the bank wants their first payment. Amen? Uh, I would be happy, let's even make it simpler. <sighs> Good Lord, it's an iPhone 6. They're up to the 12 now. My life would be, if I could get a 12, my life 
would be complete. Amen? No. New clothes. Got a new sweater on this morning. New shoes. Got new shoes. I just had a birthday. Amen? Did you know I put these new shoes on this morning, put this new sweater on? Felt good. Didn't necessarily make me feel a whole lot better. And the tags are off now, and it just doesn't have quite the allure it did. Amen? It's better when the tags were on it. Amen? Wear, wear the tags on there as long as you can. Amen? It makes you feel better. Um, here's, here's the way things work. Here's how our mind works. If I had better possessions plus better circumstances plus thrilling experiences plus the right relationships plus the perfect appearance, then that would all equal happiness. Then I'd be happy. No, you would not. It's kind of like, and here's the best description I could give it to. You ever taste it? I don't know if you like crabs, crab meat. You ever go down and do the crab legs? All you eat crab legs, you can't find them all you eat anymore. But I've tasted real crab meat dipped in that melted butter. That's good stuff. Amen? And you pay high dollar for it. But guess what? We can go down here to Brookshire's or we can go down here to Super One, and they make this little can of what they call imitation crab meat for about $3.99. You ever tasted that? They say It says crab meat on the box. That ain't crab meat. Amen? And that's what the devil sells you, the imitation. Amen? He tells you this is going to make your life better. Guess what? The new car will not be so new in six months. You'll probably get a chip in the windshield. Amen? Uh, <laughs> you'll get a ding in the door, and all of a sudden, <sighs> that car just is not as appealing as it was six months ago. Amen? Everything wears out, loses the thrill, and then you're back to square one again. Scripture on this one's First John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Amen. That'll preach right there. Amen. I'm not going to add or take away anything to that right there. So, well, Brother Mark, if God doesn't necessarily want me happy, what does he want? I will tell you this. God doesn't necessarily want you happy, but there is something he wants. God wants you blessed. God wants you blessed. I have come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. Amen. The word blessed, the Greek word for it, in fact, is this, makarios, makarios. Macabios, I'm sorry. And that means supremely blessed more than happy. God wants you not just happy. God wants you blessed. He wants you macabios, supremely blessed. Amen. But guess what? That doesn't have anything to do with your circumstances. It has to do with the abundant life. Amen. I'm going to ask the band to come on back up while I finish up here. Doesn't mean that you are going to, you're never going to get sick. It doesn't mean that you're never going to lose your job. It doesn't mean that things are always going to go your way. It simply means I am living in the blessing of the Lord. I am living in the blessing of the Lord. The last scripture is this, Psalm 37, 4. It says this, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall what? Give you the desires of your heart. 
Now, that's talking about a person who is totally surrendered to the Lord and who is totally trying to live in the will of the Lord. Does that mean, well, Brother Mark, that looks, that's a good verse. Does that mean if I pray for a Maserati, God's going to give me a Maserati? That is not what that verse means. It means that if it falls, the person who is living by the will of the Lord and it falls within the will of the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. If it's outside the will of the Lord or it's outside of what you can really afford, then no, God's going to give it to you. Because, again, you're making a decision based on your flesh, and you're making a dumb decision. I said this earlier today, and it's unfortunately true, but common sense ain't common anymore. We need some sense. We need to have a sound mind. The Bible speaks of a sound mind. Amen. Make good decisions. How do you make good decisions? Pray. Seek the Lord. Don't let it be based upon your happiness or your circumstances. Let it be based upon the blessing of the Lord. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? I'm going to tell you this. Here's what we need to do, and you're not going to like this. Lower your expectations on earth. Lower your expectations on earth. God's not necessarily going to give everybody a mansion here. You'll have one in heaven, but maybe not here on earth. God's not everybody necessarily going to let everybody in this place drive a brand new car. Doesn't have anything to do with it. God's not necessarily going to give you a new car, a new house, a new iPhone, or a new job. But guess what? God says, I want you to have the desires of your heart. I want you to live for me, and then I'm going to give you blessings that you never would have even imagined. I don't necessarily drive a nice car. I drive a 1999 GMC van, amen, 23 years old. But it's still running. It's the blessing of the Lord. I don't need a new van. I don't live in the nicest house or the biggest house. I don't make the most amount of money, but it is not about those things. I can look at my life, and I can say without hesitation that I am blessed beyond measure. God has blessed me. Way more than I ever would have thought or could imagine. I hope you can say the same thing. Because I'm not looking. I have lowered my expectations for this world. And I'm looking towards heaven. And I am seeking the things of the Lord, not the things of this earth. You're here today. You say, Brother Mark, I'm not sure if I were to die, if I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure where I'd go. I'm not sure what my spiritual situation is. I'm going to encourage you. The Lord is as close as a prayer away. He is always as close as a prayer away. All you have to do is cry out to him like the song Tracy sang this morning. Cry out to Jesus. If you're here today and you say, Brother Mark, I, I've been saved, but I've wandered far away from the Lord, and I'm not living for him like I need to be, guess what? Just like the prodigal son, your father is just waiting on you with his arms wide open. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you need to pray and come back to the Lord or come to him for the first time, pray this prayer with me in your heart, your mind, and your spirit, if you would. Just say, Dear Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner and I need you. And so right now, the best way I know how, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart and to forgive me of my sins and save me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I would love to pray for you. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, second time, hundred time today, would you just lift up a hand so I could pray for you? Anyone, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, we're going to have an invitation. 
And this altar is open if you want to come and pray. If you raised your hand just now, I'd like you to come and just tell me that. Tell me, Brother Mark, I prayed that prayer with you. You need to come and join the church. You need to come and have somebody pray for you. Brother Martin's going to be on that side. I'm going to be on this side. We would love to pray for you. Whatever your need is this morning, we're going to give you a chance to respond to God this morning. Father, have your will in your way during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. Julie's going to play. If you need to come, Brother Martin will pray with you. I'll pray with you. This altar is open. If you need to come make a decision for the Lord, you come at this time.
we're going to end today just by singing the solid rock. Is that right? All right. So uh, let's, let's sing that together if you could as we end today. Because he is our solid rock. Whatever you're struggling with, you give it to him. Let him be your solid rock today. Amen. Let's, let's sing it together. that you are our solid rock 
We put our complete and our total trust in you today, Father God. We thank you for everything you've done in this place. I pray that you'd set people free today. God, I pray that today we would realize that we want to bring you glory and honor. It's not about us. It's not about our happiness or our comfort. May we set our eyes on you. May we set our eyes on heaven. May we set our eyes on all, the only thing that matters, and that is you, Lord. Go with us from this place. Help us to live for you and bring glory and honor to you as we go out these doors into our mission field today. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You are dismissed. I hope you have a great rest of your day.